Elijah, did you see Jason Tatum scored 51 points tonight against the Wizards? I did not see that. And I do not care that much right now. But good for Jason Tatum. Good for Jason Tatum. Okay. By the way, this is the Cross Country Sports Podcast. And I just mentioned a basketball player. When I really should be mentioning the fact that we just had the greatest slate of playoff games in NFL history. And that's what we're up there. It's up there. I wouldn't say the greatest, but it's up there. Oh, okay. Then right off the bat, what would you say is better than that? I'm pretty sure 2011 was insane. I can't okay. remember exactly. 2011, which round? The, the divisional round. Wait, no, was it 2011? Mm, no, no, it wasn't 11. There was another year. That had a great game, 2011 did. What it year one, was it? There was game? a year There was a year where the games were just insane uh, for the divisional round. I don't recall exactly. Don't get me wrong. This one, this one was crazy, and there will be books written about it. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean – uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, this one might, this one might be it. The, 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 I, I don't know why you have any doubt. This is it. Well, no, I mean, uh, no, it was, uh, 2015, 2015, 16 had some great games too. This one yeah. was awesome. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, 2015, 16 had some really, really good games. Um, but, uh, but I think this one does beat it. It, it, it does because literally we had the Bengals and, they wanted a game-winning field goal, right? And we're like, okay, this is, you know, a really good way to work out the divisional weekend starting on Saturday, right? And then right. we get the nightcap in which Aaron Rodgers loses and you're, you know, going ballistic, of course, texting me. But that was also oh, on a game-winning field goal for the San Francisco 49ers. That was and so cool. we're, like, we're like, all right, all right, cool. You know, Saturday games, they were awesome. There, there's no way that Sunday could top it, right? Sure enough, we get the Buccaneers and we get the Rams. And that game ended on a game-winning field goal, too, after a devastating blown uh, lead by the Rams. Um, and we're like, all right, this, this slate is drunk. And sure enough, we get the game that we just witnessed that ended about an hour ago between the Chiefs and the Bills, which I think, well, it's the greatest game that I've seen. But people are saying that it's the greatest. No, are you, no it's not. Come on. It, it's the greatest that's, game. That's, that's recency seen. bias, and you know it. No, it's the greatest game I've ever seen. And I, and I watched the Colts win the Super Bowl, dude. Like, you not, well, yeah, but you not remember the AFC Championship? We talked about it last week. Yes, like, that was every bit as good. That was like a comeback. That was like this one. I don't understand how this game could be considered the best one when it featured almost zero defense throughout the entire thing. I mean, yeah, like some of the pass rushers were making it close. Can't really blame them all the time because the quarterbacks are just so good. But like, I mean, there was like, it's just, it's just no, such no defensive performance at all. Like I, I just can't. I don't I'm know. Gonna I, I don't exa- think I'm going to tell you exactly why. I'm going to I'm going to back up some numbers for you. So first of all, Kansas City ends up beating the Bills 42-36 in overtime. We're going to break down how that all happened. But this game featured zero turnovers. First of all, so yes, you're yeah. right. No so it already presence. is not. So it's already like it's already not the greatest game. No defensive presence. Only four penalties were called in the entire game. Four penalties. We, we talk about so much how the refereeing has churned games, especially in recent weeks. There was no referee presence. They let them play. There was nothing. That, that was cool. That there was no cool. Missed calls. The game was smooth. Like Jim Nance kept saying it multiple times on that CBS broadcast. He's like, this game is going by super fast. We're already, you know, three and a half minutes to go here in the third quarter. And, you know, the game was supposed to go until seven o'clock Pacific, 10 o'clock Eastern based on the channel recordings. And it went to overtime and it was still over well before that. So yeah. literally it, w- it was a beautiful game to watch. And sure, 
I always talk about how in the NBA, there's no defensive presence, but obviously the NBA, they play way more games than they do in the NFL. And you especially love those low scoring 13 to 10 games and 10 to 10 games. Like I get that. Don't get me wrong. I like a slugfest. But, but, but this game was so freaking unpredictable, Elijah. And that's what I loved. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Like I was watching it at home. And we, I was we, li- we literally said, we literally said on our last show, we said that, we, what did we say? We said that it's going to be a shootout. We both agreed. Like, like, I don't see what was so surprising about this one. Right. Because I mean, yeah, everything- I guess like that them scoring all those touchdowns at the end was pretty wild. Um, you know, like the back and forth was pretty crazy, but like, it's not something that we haven't seen before. It's like, yeah, just a couple of years back with Brady in the in the in the Chiefs, the AFC Championship was a lot like this. Well, yeah, and I want to talk about that too. But scoring tw- both teams combined to score 25 points in the final minute 54, 18 points in the final minute 13. And yeah. And and and, and I agree with you in terms of the fact that the defensive presence obviously played a part in it because literally the Bills made uh, some big defensive stops, I will say. So, okay, let, let me take you back for a second. So, I don't even know where to start here, but in terms of how the game transpired, so with a minute and 13 seconds left, Josh Allen, or or I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes found Tyreek Hill for a 64-yard touchdown, right? That made it 33-29 Chiefs after, like, this whole back-and-forth instance. The Bills come back, and they score with 17 seconds left to go. 13. 17 seconds left to go when Josh Allen finds Gabriel Davis for a 19-yard touchdown. That was Gabriel Davis's fourth touchdown of the game. Like, wasn't there 13 seconds when they scored? The, the play happened at 17 seconds. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. So, the, so there were 13 seconds left, and that's what I'm trying to get to. So, Tony Romo, who's you know the number one analyst on CBS, makes a great point that people just completely overlook. Tony Romo says, "All right, it's 36-33 Bills. Right? There's 13 seconds left, like you said, and why not just kick off?" And do like a squib kick, take some time off, make the Chiefs kind of work for it and take some time off the clock. What does Tyler Bass, the Bills kicker, do? He kicks it for a touchback. So mm-hmm. the Chiefs go, the Chiefs don't waste any time. They have to go 75 yards, even though they only need a field goal, right? But there's still 13 seconds left on the clock. Inexcusably, the Bills defense lets up, like you said, but here's the problem. You see why you see why I don't want the Bears to hire Leslie Frazier? That that was it right there. That was That's the funny. reason. Right there. Like it's situational football, just bad. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. And like if you go through that play sequence, Elijah, you'll find it's baffling, right? Like, but if any team can do it, it's Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. But if you literally mm-hmm. go back and look at it, it's it, 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 it's insane. Like that that play calling mechanism. So Patrick Mahomes scrambles for three yards. Patrick Mahomes finds Travis Kelsey for eight yards. Patrick Mahomes goes to Byron Pringle. Um like th- these are the sequences that take place beforehand in the game. But then if you literally go back and look after the Josh Allen touchdown to Gabriel Davis for his fourth touchdown, right? Like the chiefs did a great job. Andy Reed, we always criticize him for his time management skills. The chiefs had three timeouts at this point to go back down the field and yeah. set up for the, for the game time field goal. But if you literally think about it, like Tyree kill is a cheat code. Like the fact that 13 seconds was too much time is just like that. That just does not sit well with me in terms of the defensive coordinating. Like you cannot, how do you, how do you let these guys just get the yards they want? How do you do that? You know, you can't, you can't put that much faith in a friggin' coin flip. 
Like that's 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 inexcusable from the Buffalo coaching staff, in my opinion. That's terrible. But on the flip side, no pun intended, of course, the hmm. NFL needs to reform overtime rules because literally yeah. losing on a coin toss is ridiculous. And we would talk about this if the Chiefs had lost the coin toss and Josh Allen had driven his team to score the game-winning touchdown, which I'll get to in a second, by the way. So Josh Allen, of course, Buffalo's a visiting team. They're in Kansas City. He calls tails. The coin tosses heads. This really should not be a talking point at all, but it is because the Chiefs end up getting the ball. They end up going down the field. Patrick Mahomes finding Tyreek Hill on a 19-yard pass. Patrick Mahomes finding Travis Kelsey for a 25-yard pass. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, they're they're in field goal range. It's fine. And what's it called? Harrison Butker hits from 49. He missed from 50 earlier. That tied the game at 36. Then the coin toss happens, and the Chiefs just go on a roll. Like Mahomes Mm -hmm. finding Pringle for five yards, Mahomes finding Kelsey for 10, and then a couple plays later, finding Jarek McKinnon, who had himself a nice game for 16, and then finding Tyreek Hill, again, cheat code, four yards, get all the way down inside the, the Buffalo Bills, 38. And then another one to Nicole Hardman. And then he, course, he got him down and they scored. Right. And he hit, he yeah. hit Kelsey in the end zone. Beautiful play. Beautiful. Amazing catch all that. Catch. There's no reason why Josh Allen shouldn't get a chance with the ball. Mm-hmm. What I think should happen is after that touchdown, they scored with Kelsey. I think that uh, Kansas city should get a chance to go for two. They have to go for two, right? No extra points. No, um, no, no. I'd say no kicking in overtime. I think that should be a rule. Um, and then basically what happens is if they get the two point conversion, great. If not tough, um, and let's say, let's say they got it. Let's say they get the two point conversion, go up 44, 36 Buffalo. Then you get the ball at the 25. Um, and like I said, no kicking in overtime, right? So that includes kickoffs. So Buffalo gets the ball at their own 25 down by eight and they have a chance to match the chiefs. And if they do, if they don't, right. If they don't get the six, uh, I mean, like if they, if they don't score a touchdown or if they only get six, then game's over. Right. But if they tie it, then it goes to tug of war mode, which is. Each team starts, each team gets one play from the 50, uh, three chances each, uh, and they alternate offenses uh, between plays. Yeah, that's you, the best solution for you, overtime. You, you talked about it, and that, you know, that that's fine. It's better than what we have now, but also college overtime rules are great when each team gets mm. a chance to possess the ball at their at the opponent's 25-yard line. I like that as well, but, you know, NFL good NFL. That's all I'll say. And, like, again, I'm making the point that this would – still be my talking point if Josh Allen had called for heads and it was heads and then he led the team down the field and then Patrick Mahomes didn't get the chance to possess and you talked about it called tails I can't never call tails Tails never call tails dude I mean never call tails I mean it failed tonight that's a it did but that's a rabbit hole of a discussion that's probability that's stuff we learned in elementary school but you you alluded to it the 2018 AFC championship game at that same site Tom Brady and the New England Patriots ended up going to the Super Bowl because they won the coin toss and they went down the field and scored a touchdown and Patrick Mahomes didn't get a chance to possess. So now he's on the other side of it when he goes down the field and scores four years later in the 2022 AFC championship game. And he's now on to his fourth straight AFC championship game, which has never been done in football before, which is they're going to win it too. You know, it. you know that, right? Oh yeah. They're, they're going to be heavily favored against the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's, they're going to the Super Bowl. That's it's a, gonna, Although we'll see uh, the status of uh, Matthew and, uh, and Charverius Ward. Right. Uh, I was going to, I was going to mention that too. And in, in that game, Tyron Matthew left very early in that one. He was diagnosed with a concussion was out for the rest of the game. I feel like his presence on the field, of course, is just, 
priceless for a Chiefs team that has basically willed their way into becoming a solid defensive team over the course of time. And with him not being on the field, of course, he's a really good football player, but his leadership skills out there too, trying to mentor a very young defense and a suspect secondary was definitely a big part of it. So that'll obviously be a topic of discussion moving forward to see if he can clear concussion protocol before next Sunday's AFC championship game against Cincinnati. That that end of game defense by the bills is going to like, that's going to stick with me for a while. Cause that's like, how do you, you have two all pro safeties and you can't like, and you still send everyone back to join them. Like, like what are you paying Micah Hyde for and Jordan Poyer for if, you know, like you're not going to have them like man the back of the field at the end of the game. It, it just, it, it, it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. And just letting Kelsey get everything underneath like that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be like, that's uh, it, Buffalo fans. If they're bitter, I completely empathize. That's terrible. It, it is. I mean, literally, like, neither of us are Bills fans. Neither of us have any connection to Western New York. But those fans have literally – I mean, you can relate in terms of your Cubs fandom before 2016, I feel like, just because – Well, no, I mean, I, I was I'm, I was all in for the Bills, right? You know, I am I love that. Like, they, they are – they're not. I don't know if they're my number two team. I don't I want to go that far. But, like, it's hard to not support a team like that. Like, they, their bandwagon is very uh, enticing partially because of how cool their fan base is. Yeah. Um, but Bill's yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I feel, I feel that loss. Like that sucks. I was, you know, I wanted them, I, I wanted to see, I wanted to see a situation where we have four new quarterbacks in the conference championship and Mahomes came along and ruined it. And so did heads. <laughs> so, so did, and so did walking heads like us. No, just kidding. But in yeah. any case, you talk about the bills defense, Patrick Mahomes went for 378 yards tonight. And he just diced up the number one defense in the entire league, 378 and three touchdowns. Like, yeah, if you're going to be on the field for that long, and I guess it's the same thing with the Chiefs defense too. Like the Chiefs defense didn't do much better. They gave up 36, but I guess guess. with offense wins out. And, but let me, let me tell you, first of all, the quarterback play tonight was insane. I think Phil Sims broke it down post game on CBS. Both quarterbacks combined through 707 yards tonight. Like, yeah, no, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, and obviously again, you're not surprised by it. We talked about how this would be a shootout. It's not, it's not but, shocking. It's just but, like, it's, it's like, impressive, but it's not surprising. That sequence. And also like the mobility of Josh Allen in the pocket. I mean, you're, you're spot on about how he's the love child of, who'd you say? Brett Favre and Cam Newton. Yeah. Cam Newton. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. Unreal. Like, like, yeah, no, I, I stand by that. As Can't you blame did. him for the loss, right? No, he he <laughs> was he was sensational, and I just I, I this is I told you this in the last episode we recorded. The winner of this game deserves to be in the Super Bowl, and this should have been the game that decides who's going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. It was last year. It, it, it maybe it should have been, but it wasn't, right? I know. You know, like, like that's not how the playoffs broke down. Yeah, because Tennessee stinks, and that's a nice segue into into the I mean unless you want to talk about the earlier game we had Sunday first but I I thought we would break down who the Chiefs are going to play which is the Bengals yeah yeah we'll talk we'll, we'll talk about that uh yeah the Bengals got the win against the Titans yep. that was cool it was a fun game I really you know Joe Burrow really hung in there the fact that he got sacked nine times and they still won is pretty incredible uh, I looked it up and I'm pretty sure that in playoff games let me find the stat that I had just posted um Where'd it go? I just had it. What's it about? 
It's about, one sec. I have, oh, yeah. Since 1970, NFL teams were 6, 76, and 2 when the quarterback gets sacked nine plus times. Uh, but now they're seven, now they're seven, 76, and 2 because the Bengals won this game. So that's just insane. Uh, you know, to, 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 to face that kind of pressure and still, you know, manage to win. That's awesome, man. Yeah. The first thought I had when I was watching this game, because that was the game that preceded uh, our Fox game between the Packers and 49ers. I thought to myself, all right, the talking heads are going to come out and say the Bengals should have drafted Panay Sewell instead of Jamar Chase because of moments like this, where literally the offensive line just gets bull rushed by the Jeffrey Simmons and the Harold Landry's of the world. And right. Sure enough, Joe Burrow was able to just stay calm, poised. He was able to work his magic. I, I told you about this. So the first play of the game in for both teams, Ryan Tannehill throws an interception to Jesse Bates, who we mentioned would have a big game in this situation. Sure enough, that happens. Then we fast forward. Um, the game's tied at 16, and Ryan Tannehill throws another interception. This eventually leads to the Bengals kicking the game-winning field goal on the next possession. And I'm thinking to myself, wow. Ryan Tannehill just started the game and then finished the game the same exact way by throwing an interception. Like yep. his first pass was an interception. His last pass was an interception. And that basically, I guess, makes my point in the fact that he was out of the 18, eight teams remaining in the playoffs, the worst one, the worst quarterback. And he definitely played like it. And Tennessee just did not look good on offense at all. You mentioned Julio Jones, however, having a strong performance. I agree with you on, on that result because he needed to, and that's the reason why Tennessee was able to stay in the game. Yeah, Julio had a big game, but uh, you know, uh, like I, I, I've said, and you know, Tannehill, he's efficient, but he, he, he was he was disappointing, you know, to say the least. Um, and I think that I don't like to blame quarterbacks for losses, but in a lot of ways, he definitely cost his team that game. And you know, you just don't want to see that uh, from a franchise quarterback. Uh, that said, um, you know. Got, got to credit the Bengals defense too for making plays. Logan Wilson has been sort of like around the ball all year. He had his fifth interception, which set up the game winning field goal. So just good on Cincinnati, solid playoff win that will be overshadowed by these other games, but that's fine because that's how football is. Exactly. And I mean, the real MVP here is Evan McPherson, the, the rookie kicker out of Florida. I mean, that guy was unreal in how he was able to keep his team in the game. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, it, just, it just seemed like neither team kind of wanted to play offense at that point, And all the drives seemed to stall out, but Evan McPherson, I mean, that guy, I mean, played his tail off and there's no protection like, for, uh, for Burrow. That's the big thing. Well, that'll, that'll obviously be something that, that Cincinnati works in in practice this week as they face a, a chief's defense that, that loves to blitz, but also just the, so the Bengals social media account had the best tweet of the entire weekend. Which was which is you could send that text message. Oh wait, no, that was no, no, before. No, no. Uh, that was right. But th- this week it was. That's why you draft a kicker. <laughs> yep. No, and they're right. You know, if you find a guy who's that good at getting you points, take him. Exactly, and like you literally had a fifth round pick, and you choose to use it on a kicker. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, that's that's stupid. That's a wasted pick." People forget the, the Oakland Raiders drafted Sebastian Jan- Janikowski in the first round, and he lasted yep. a super long time. So. Oh yeah. Not drafting, drafting kickers. I don't think he ever played in a big game in his life, but other than that, yeah, it was, you know, it was probably smart. But literally, McPherson, four field goals, an extra point, contributed 13 of the 19 Cincinnati points. Like, that's, that's going to get it done. That's, you know, in fantasy football terms, that's, that's a win for your team. And 
No, that's awesome. You know, good, good, for, good for him, and, good for them. And like we, we both felt it. We both said that Cincinnati was going to go into Tennessee and win. Like we both knew that Tennessee was a very suspect number one seed in the AFC and it basically proved, I mean, their offense. Oh was yeah. Plus like, and I feel like this would have been so much different going back to last season. If the Falcons hadn't hired Arthur Smith as their coach. Like I, I obviously I know that, you know, offensive schemes mean a lot, but Imagine having Arthur, Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator for Tennessee. I don't I, I'm not sure. I don't quite understand. Oh, would they have been better, you think? Would they have been better off? I That's that's what I think. But also, you know, getting Derrick Henry back to – he scored a touchdown in, in the game, but he only had 62 yards on 20 carries. So, like – Yeah, he, he wasn't himself. But also, like, the Bengals knew the game plan, which is to to take him out of the game, make the, make the Titans one-dimensional, and it worked. It did. And Tennessee was basically just – out game. I mean, AJ Brown had himself a day, 142 yards. Julio Jones, as you mentioned, 62 yards on six on six uh, receptions. But yeah, Tannehill just those three interceptions, super super costly. He only completed 15 of 24 passes. Like it's not going to get it done, especially against an elite quarterback like Joe Burrow, who himself did not have the best game on paper. Only three. Well, yeah, but his interception like hit his guy in the hands and wasn't an interception, so you can't blame him for that. Oh, he was. That was in reference to was that the the nose the only the interception he threw yeah the only interception he threw yeah. um but in any case like Cincinnati deserved that win in Nashville they move on to the oh yeah they earned it they they earned it and they earned a chance to take on a to try to slay the giant that is the Kansas City Chiefs who are working on a dynasty right now and I don't see why like I don't see a reason why they can't get it their offense is ridiculously stacked their quarterback is ridiculously slippery so I mean they're they're gonna get it. So you're just guaranteeing it right now. We, we don't yeah. even know. No, no, they're going to get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to win it, but they're going to get there. Uh, I have no doubts about that. Okay. Well, we'll have to see how, how, how time plays it out because there could be some interesting topics of discussion that lead up to it. And we'll, we'll see, but I we, hope I'm wrong, man. I would it, love to see Bengals Niners. That'd be kind of cool. Or Bengals Rams. Well, you, you, you say Niners because the San Francisco 49ers just keep on winning football games. And I, I truly, truly, truly have no idea how they did it. They go. This was the best game of the week and it is not close. Well, this was far and away the best game of the week. That Niners defense is unbelievable. They were like, they they were just so stifling. Yeah. They gave up a big, uh, you know, they gave a big touchdown drive uh, first, first drive of the game. And after that, they completely shut down the Packers attack. I mean, you know, let up a couple big plays here and there, like that big Aaron Jones play, which should have been a touchdown and wasn't. Uh, but, you know, like that pass rush, getting in the backfield, getting to Rodgers, knocking him on his ass several times. Um, you know, like they they followed the right blueprint to beating an Aaron Rodgers-led team, which is take away Devontae Adams and get pressure in his face. That was, you know, I, I, part of me, we both went three and one this weekend, but there's a part of me that wishes I picked the Niners just because I had a feeling they would win. But whenever I pick against the Packers in the playoffs, it's the game that they end up winning. So I'm glad that my reverse jinx uh, clearly worked. But how about that block punt, man? Yeah, the Jordan Willis block punt of Corey Bajorquez. And that literally turned the tides of the game. It was deep in, deep in Packers territory. The 49ers recover. They scored the touchdown that ended up tying the game at 10. They withstand a lot of pressure from Green Bay, 
leading on the next possession, and then they go down and they're able to get Robbie Gold, who still cannot believe the Bears released Robbie Gold. Such a perfect moment of poetic justice. I cannot even emphasize it enough just how majestic that moment was when Robbie Gold got to go into the game and make the game-winning field goal against the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. And I know he doesn't play for the Bears anymore, but he's always a Bear. And to see him get that win and to, you know, own Aaron Rodgers in his own right, that was sick. That was sick. And, like, it wasn't easy either. It was 45 oh, not at yards all. in the freaking 45 snow. yards in, in the wind single, and the snow? Like, in single-degree weather. Like, think about that. He's never missed a kick in his postseason career. Like, Yeah, that was one of the best kicks of all time. That, uh, straight up. Incredible. For Yeah, and it's up there, you know, with the Venetary snowstorm kick. It's You know, like, that's amazing. Like, uh, in terms of playoff games, you can't beat that. Robbie Gold, and honestly, my players of the week, of the week are Robbie Gold and um, uh, McPherson. Special teamers, I would also. And also that punter for the Bills made an amazing tackle on Tyree Kill that held the Chiefs to a field goal when they could have had a touchdown and almost put the game away. Um, and th- like, that's the reason why we got such a great shootout at the end. So yeah, a lot of special teamers really coming up big this well, weekend. I just have to tell you, Elijah, that punter for the bills, his name is Matt Hawk and he that's is his a, name. Right. And he's a proud alum of Arizona state university. <laughs> hey, represent, represent. Yeah, so, devils. you know, I, I gotta, I gotta localize the story, but in any case, one of the moments that going back to that 49ers green Bay game, one of the moments that I found to be just absolutely astounding was an Aaron Rodgers pass play to Aaron Jones that I literally thought Aaron Jones could have broken out and scored a touchdown from, but instead he tried to cut back for some reason towards one of the San Francisco 49ers defensive backs who was in coverage. And that ended up leading to the blocked field goal that the 49ers had and kept the Green Bay Packers off the scoreboard. I, I thought that was a big moment in the game too, that nobody's really talking about. Oh yeah. No, that was, that was huge. And that was, um, I mean, I, I don't know why Aaron Jones cut in, I guess he just didn't think he could outrun the safety. Uh, but you know, you know, just a great escape by Rogers and, you know, led him beautifully because Aaron Rodgers is the most gifted quarterback that the league has seen besides Mahomes probably um, at this point, like, come on. Uh, but um, you know, like that was, I don't know. There are people blaming Rogers for this loss. And I just feel like, yeah, he probably could have done more. I don't know. I haven't seen the film yet. He had pretty good numbers, but, uh, you know, he also took some sacks and maybe threw the ball away too much or, you know, didn't make, you know, d- didn't have that kill shot. But I don't know. I-, I just think it feels silly to blame Rodgers in a game where you lose, where you-, you leave that seven points off the board because Aaron Jones cuts in when he should score. You miss the field goal at halftime, could have made it 10 nothing at the half, right. but it was 7 nothing. So that's you know, I mean, three to seven points left off the board. And then, you know, you lose on a block punt. So it's like, yeah, you could blame Rodgers all you want. And it's fun to blame Rodgers because he's a pansy ass bitch. But um, I, I, I can't, I just, I, I, it's not on him. It's just not like coaching messed up the Packers. Kyle Shanahan outcoached Matt LaFleur and he'll be better off somewhere else. I'm firmly convinced of that that was my next question to you okay by the way the instance i was talking about with aaron jones was literally right before the end of the first half it was a 75 yard pass play it probably could have gone for a touchdown they end up Remember, it's not like the 
it's not sorry what would you say that again no i was just saying it would the aaron jones play that i just i just keep thinking about it how it's just so overlooked and, and you basically illustrated it beautifully how it basically impacted how the game would eventually turn out but in any case what were you going another on? another thing i want to mention is it's not like the packers defense yet like adrian amos had an interception on a bad throw from garoppolo that was his Worst throw of the game, I believe, uh, the one to George Kittle where he had him wide open. It was just late. Yep. Um, oh, the one that was underthrown. Yep. Yeah, he underthrew it, and he threw it way too late. Yep. Uh, that should have been a touchdown. Exactly. But uh, he was, you know, late on the throw. Um, but other than that, like in the second half, I felt like once the Niners kept on getting the ball to that hero, Debo Samuel, th- there was really nothing that the um, oh, who am I talking about? There was nothing that the Packers defense could do like they, they were yeah i mean yeah like they came up with some big stops later in the game but you know they didn't get that big turnover right like they still like at the end of the day like they couldn't get the stop when it really really mattered they did at one point they stopped the fourth down run on a dumb play call by shanahan um i don't know why he always sends the friggin' tackle in motion but trent williams baby <laughs> yeah i love trent williams don't get me wrong but it's like dude like why get so cute here but um but yeah i guess like you know, like the Packers, like I can't blame the Packers defense, but also like they gave up a lot of third down conversions and they let Kittle run free a bunch. And, um, you know, it's a sloppy game, beautiful game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they, I guess the point I'm making is like, they're not opportunistic, like the Bucks defense, right. Who kept on making plays to get the offense a chance to, to stay in the game. Right. Stripping Cooper Cup, stripping uh, Cam Akers, you know. Well, you're you're just rolling right into the the next topic. Yeah, sorry, I'm like it's just, no, 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 no. it's so it's, it's so soon after the game that I'm just like you know like this, this all, is the first time we're fresh. this is the first time we're ever doing this where we're recording an episode literally right after a game ends basically and a weekend that was like it's so hard for us to recap what we just watched in the last forty eight hours, but like this is. This is what dreams are made of right here. But one one last postscript before we get to what you were just talking about. So Aaron Rodgers, of course, facing the 49ers, the team that passed him up in the draft in 05. They've, of course, drafted another quarterback, Alex Smith. Rodgers falls to 24 to the Packers. So Rodgers has faced the 49ers four times in the playoffs. He's lost all four. It's the first time in NFL history that one – person one quarterback one player has ever lost four times to a single opponent in a postseason this is why the 49ers they're not my favorite team they're not my second favorite team but they are my best friend <laughs> yes as, as a bears fan you're as a bears fan the niners are my homie you're you're absolutely right about that but george, george kittle agrees but in any case the 49ers win in lambo miraculously we both picked wrong as we as you mentioned three and one but now they get to take on an old friend, an old foe, the Los Angeles Rams, because we oh, both man. got right oh, on the head. But I tell you, I was sweating the entire time because, of course, what do the Rams do in this divisional playoff game on the road? They go up 27 to 3. What did I tweet at that point? I said, if Brady was not on the other sideline, I would say this game was a wrap. And sure enough, what happens? I don't want to get into like the whole here's what happened touchdown, touchdown, turnover, touch, whatever it was. Basically, the Buccaneers tied the, tied the game at 27, miraculously. And, yeah, and by the way, I just want to point out, it wasn't all Brady. 
that defense stepped up when it mattered. And maybe that's the Brady influence, but you know, like the defense was just making plays. And also how about that snap over Stafford's head? That was crazy. I know. And guess what? That was the one play that really shocked me. That, that was, that was probably the one big mistake that the Rams made all game. Well, I mean, Cooper cup fumbled. Cam Akers fumbled. Very rare that Cooper cup fumbled, by the way, that was not on him. That was, that was a great tackle and great, great, yeah, great, great play, but you know, you got to hold on to the ball. Right. <laughs> and like, it's, it's one of those things where, Great defensive play, but you also got to hold on to the ball. Ndamukong Su, by the way, am I saying his name? I, I don't know how to Adama say it. Ndamukong Su, yep. You are. Ndamukong Su, right? Yep. He, I think he solidified his presence in the Hall of Fame with that strip of Cam Akers. Well, he, he first of all, he had a play happen to him where he took down his former teammate in Detroit, Matthew Stafford, and starts barking at him, right? What does Sean mm-hmm. Hockley, the referee, do? He throws the flag and calls him for a 15-yard taunting penalty. The Buccaneers, Elijah, in the first half, had three 15-yard personal foul plays. And one of them was on Tom freaking Brady, who's played in the league for 22 years and was called for a sport, first unsportsmanlike conduct penalty in 22 I years. loved that. That was awesome. And that is why Sean Hockley is the best ref in the NFL. And I, you know, first of all, takes after his pops, let me just say, they are one in the same. Secondly, you know, if you're going to call defensive players for that S all the time, you know, you might as well call the quarterback who openly admits to dishing it out just as much as the other guys. I mean, but also you can't blame the fact that Brady's lip was bleeding. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, his lip was bleeding, but he's playing football. He's playing a game of football. So like, okay you got a boo-boo so what but like i I just i and again we talk about how the officiating kind of shapes how games come out to be but in terms of how sean hockley patrolled this one there were a lot of no fun league penalties oh i think he absolutely nailed this one i thought i thought it was perfect i thought it was perfect like brady he like just with all the context of brady constantly talking shit never getting called it and then you know like just screaming at the ref because he had an owie on his lip and the ref being like, I'm, I'm done with your, I'm done with that. Like, no, I'm not dealing with your, with your whining. You know, it's basically, it's a technical foul. And I thought it was very, uh, I, I didn't think it was out of place at all. Just given the way Brady's always been. Um, that, that's just, that's just my honest, that's my honest take on it. And to, to expound on that a little bit, something that I loved in this chiefs bills game is that they were hitting the quarterbacks, you know, Mahomes and Allen, Mahomes is slippery and Allen is kind of more bouncy, if that makes sense. You know, like they were getting out of the pocket, you know, trying to run, you know, make their plays, get their first downs and all that. And they were defensive players were falling down on them and like, you know, making hits, hitting them hard. And they didn't call any flags for it. And what I loved is at no point did Allen or Mahomes complain to the refs about not getting a call. It, It didn't happen once. It, it, okay, no, it happened once. Mahomes did this thing, right, with the hands. Um, and he did it, be, but it was because he got kneed in the face. And I, I could see where he'd be like, okay, like, come on, I got kneed in the face. But also, like, it was a good no call because the guy fell down on his face. Right. Uh, football. So I guess what I'm saying is, like, you know, I, I like that someone finally penalized a quarterback for complaining uh, because, you know, y- 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 you don't see Josh Allen or Mahomes complain nearly as much as 
some of the some of the older guys in the league. Well, you know what's funny about that instance with Patrick Mahomes where he got kneed in the face, but there was no call. It, it was funny to me because John Hussey, who was refereeing that Bills Chiefs game, he literally went over to the sideline and helped Mahomes up himself, as to basically yeah. say, "Hey, buddy, like you know, I'm not calling this, but I just want to let you know I'm here for you." Whatever the case, yeah. like if yeah, no, I, I didn't mind that by the way. Like that, like oh, I didn't either. And, right. and, if he was at a visiting stadium, though, I feel like everybody would. Boo. <laughs> like, oh yeah, if, if well, I think he also helped up. Josh, I think he did. I think he did help up Josh Allen at one point and said, like, you know, like it looked like he said something like along the lines of "Be careful now" or something like you know. But it was good that you know there were no calls, right? Like there were no penalties for you know if a hit gets there a little late. Honestly, I, I kind of liked the officiating this weekend overall. It was straight up. I mean, I'm just glad it didn't decide games because right, it didn't, it didn't decide games because they let people play. They yeah. let them play. Like obviously, the Buccaneers can go back and be like, "Oh, we just." By the way, the Buccaneers lost 30 to 27 to the Rams, and I want to explain right. how that happened in a moment. But the Buccaneers can go back and say, "Oh, we had those stupid ass penalties early on in the first half, and that might have been, you know, what set us in that 27 to three hole." No, it wasn't. Like they, like you said, they battled back. And what what is overlooked in terms of the Buccaneers? I've talked about it multiple times. First time in NFL history that a Super Bowl defending champion returned all 22 of its starters. But what I didn't realize was that this was the first game in which the defense for the Buccaneers, all 11 starters played together for the first time all season. I didn't realize that. So They did uh, okay. Yeah. And, I mean, they did okay for pretty much the second half where they were able to get their team back into it, like you mentioned. But the last stand – happened right after Leonard Fournette scored the game-tying touchdown with 46 seconds to go. What does Matthew Stafford and the LA Rams end up doing? They end up going all the way down the field to the Tampa Bay 12, and the key, obviously, was the Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup reception that set up Matt Gay, who, by the way, another player who you got to mention as being the players of the week because the first three games of this divisional round came down to the final kick, and... Matt Gay did it against his former team. The former Buccaneer gets cut by Tampa Bay after Ryan Suckup beats him out for the kicking spot. And then he goes to LA, has himself a Pro Bowl caliber season and ends up defeating his former team. Like, Yeah, I felt really good for him because that was just like, he already missed one earlier in the game, which kept it a nail biter yep. effectively. Because it would have gone up by two scores, which would have been much harder to come back from. Um but yeah, no, that was just a really good, um, just really good moment for him. And you know, th- this game really like it felt like a lot of deja vu with that obviously Super Bowl Fifty Two, Super Bowl Fifty One, with Atlanta and New England. Um, except last time it was twenty eight three. The difference this time is well, really, last one twenty eight to nine is when it, it was the craziest. But um, but no, but this one. 27-3, that comeback was – I mean, I think that this Matt is better than the other Matt. In terms of Stafford being better than Ryan? Yes. <laughs> I mean, you, you can make – Because he made one more play, right? Like, he made the play that needed to be made. Yeah, and again, obviously this was on a much lesser stage, but still, to, th- to think that the Rams could come in to Tampa, give themselves this 24-point edge, and then have it slip away in – the dying moments and then somehow still go back and just turn on the light bulb that set themselves off from getting to that 27 to three lead. Like 
that's incredible resiliency on the part of Sean McVay, his coaching staff for keeping his players in check and saying, hey, we understand that this game is tied at 27 and we have the ball left with 42 seconds to go. Like, yep. just incredible coaching. Oh, unbelievable. And I'm very impressed with McVay. And I just got to say, justice is served in the NFC in the sense that we have the two teams from the best division who have been duking it out all year with the other guys in their division are playing to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And I just think that there's no better, like no other way it should be. Two great defenses, two very complete teams. And I don't know who to root for, honestly. I mean, because I just love so many players on both teams. Like, I want to see them all win a Super Bowl. Uh, but obviously, there can only be one. Um, oh, man, it's, it's going to be a good one. And I'm just so glad. I, I'm so lucky and glad that I'm not talking about, yep, Aaron Rodgers. Just so good. Steamrolled the Niners and, you know, got to the got to another championship game, right? Like, I'm just glad that we're talking about these two NFC West teams who are who deserve so much credit for beating two of the best quarterbacks in the history of football. Well, and we did get a thriller in the last game in which the 49ers and Rams met back in week 18. And Oh yeah. That was the best game of the season in a lot of ways. I think it was amazing. I mean, I still think that this chiefs bills game was the best game of the season, but also Uh, see the thing is, I love that the, the rant, the, the overtime ending in that week 18 matchup like a walk-off interception is so cool. Like that doesn't happen a lot. I just love that. Oh. It felt it felt good. It was what, so I actually had that ground reel it's called. It's basically our NFL films compilation that we get. We have to go back and we have to clip off everything we see. And that Ambry Thomas interception, probably I, I already talked about how Matt LaFleur, that one shot where the 49ers lost to the Packers on that game winning field goal in week three, that Ambry Thomas interception, the NFL films crew played that so beautifully because they literally slowed it down. They had the deep shot that Stafford had. The ball was in the air for what seemed like forever. And then you have Ambry Thomas coming down with it right on his tuchus as he was yep. going out of bounds. It stayed in, in and that was the walk-off. So, yeah, just poetic, beautiful. Amazing I play. I, I probably should have talked about that more in depth when we were talking about that game in Week 8. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, look, but, but that's now, one of those things where, like, you. I'm, I'm glad you address it, but it's one of those things where, like, when you – like, you got to see – like th- th- those are master strokes, I think. Like those are so artfully created. Like part of why I love football is NFL films crews just catching a slow spiraling ball. Yep, it's it's just magical. It's one just, of my favorite. I can't, no other words for it that I've seen all season. Absolutely. But now, like you said, we get 49ers Rams part three, which you know I'm very much looking forward to. That's our game on Fox on Sunday at 6:30 Eastern, 3:30 Pacific here on the West Coast, Best Coast, and then. Bengals Chiefs in the early one is going to be a good one too because we've got former number one overall pick and Joe Burrow against you know the best quarterback of basically you and I's generation Patrick Mahomes. So uh, can, can I just tell you how exciting each of the potential Super Bowl matchups is? First, look, let's say the Niners win in the in the NFC, we could get a rematch between them and the Bengals from two Super Bowls in the 80s, which yep. is just kind of cool. Always nice to have a rematch. Or we could have a rematch of Super Bowl 54, right? Um, which I'm sure the Niners would love to get another whack at Mahomes. Um, and by the way, Mahomes did not play great that game until the end. Uh, so that's huge, first of all, right? Like, you know, you got um, – like, if the Niners win, you can get two rematches. And then if the Rams win, you either get a rematch of one of the greatest regular season games of all time, uh, the one that happened uh, – do you remember uh, right after the fires out here? Out yep, there. 2018. Um, I do. Yep. 
like that, they, they had a shootout uh, Monday Night Football in one of the craziest, like most Madden feeling games ever. Uh, and it'll be cool, you know, to have that. Or the, um, or you get the two teams with the coolest helmets in the league. Which, I mean, you can't can't complain about that. Well, I just love the Bengals uniforms and the fact that they reinvented themselves. Uh, I, I do, I do too. Actually, you know, I don't love a bunch of new uniforms that the Bengals look. Sweet. The one thing I don't like about it is they don't need to write the word Bengals on their chest because we know from the helmet you can tell, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I I get that. It, I'm sorry. That's like not on topic, but you get no, what I'm saying. It's all in the details. That's yes. It's all in the details, you, right? You just had your NFL code. Like when I look back on a Super Bowl highlight, I want it to be aesthetically nice. It's all in the details. Well, Super Bowl 56 in LA is going to be amazing. And we have four of the best teams in the league that are And if anyone goes to the game, off. Uber, don't park. It's terrible out there. I would just take the, well, actually you can't take the Metro. I forgot. This is not the Coliseum. This is Inglewood. <laughs> Yeah, right. We haven't gotten the Metro in Inglewood yet, but we're getting the we're getting the Metro in Inglewood by 2024. So, who's covering the Super Bowl again? Is it? It is NBC. Yes. Al Michaels, NBC. Chris Collinsworth, Michelle Tafoya. Now here's a guy. Was that your Collinsworth impression? It was a half-hearted attempt at one. Okay. Well, yeah. I, don't worry. I, uh, I, I'm glad I thought it was a Collinsworth impression because of no, that. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you knew, right? I would have. Um, I would have pew-pewed you, but. In any, in any I'm case, just, I'm so. Uh, <laughs> this weekend was awesome, though. Ultimately, such a great weekend. I mean, it was the best weekend of football I've, I've ever seen. Like, it, it, yeah, no, it, prob- it probably was. I, I do think there was one really great divisional weekend. I can't remember when, though. You said it was uh, 2015. Or so, you know 20, what? We're going to. Yeah, 2015, 16. It was pretty good. It, it was mostly really, really good. We're going to have to come back and, and discuss this because this is so raw right now, our emotions. Like, you literally told me before we went on tonight, you said, I need a minute because I'm so mad. Yep. <laughs> and like, yeah, I, I was I, very upset. I understand. I complete And you, you you vetted it out. You let it out. This is what we're here for. And this is this is what we do. So it. Oh, I feel yeah. like, you know, we, we talked about things that were pretty important, but we probably missed a bunch of stuff, too, because we're still processing everything. Like. Oh yeah, no, and we'll do another episode soon, and I can't wait to do predictions because, uh, like, I I already I already think I know where I'm going with it. So um, well, you you basically are, not, we're not doing it now. I know we're not doing it now. But, you shelled out your AFC prediction. Just admit it. Well, yeah, I mean the the, the Chiefs are going to win this game. I, I I no denying that. Um, the NFC is going to be a little tougher. Well, guess what? We've got one week to process what we just watched. We can come back at a later time and we can discuss the final four in professional football because this is the best season ever. It just is. And Oh, it's such and, a great season. And, I love having fans back. Me too. It just, it, it made everything. So, well, also, by the way, before we go, did you see the one fan that got knocked down like in the, in the, at the end of the fourth quarter, right. As they were coming back from commercial break, Tony Romo was like, Oh, we got another screen. Yeah, that, that was, that was pretty, that was pretty epic. They actually showed it too, before they, they, so basically what happens with fan shots is they always pan out to like the, the aerial stadium camera view or like the top of the ca- uh, stadium view. And they didn't have enough time because they didn't realize that there was a fan in their shot, which I was Man. like, Oh, this is amazing. That was crazy. That, 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 that whole sequence was just like, just wild. Yeah, it was. And that's why we love football. And that's why we love doing the cross country sports podcast brought to you by audible. Just kidding. It's not audible. No, it is. Or by a, uh, by a uh, anchor. It's it's anchor. Yes. And that's what I said. It, you heard it is. audible. Nope, you're right. 
it, it's not the you know play, uh, football play. It's it's a pirate ship term. Anchor. It's not delivery. It's Zorno. Yeah, we should get Zorno's to sponsor us. That would be cool. I would. That'd be fine. That'd be kind of cool. I, right? I do like their pizza. Um, but in any case, you can follow Elijah on his sports network at Easy Easy Sports Network. I just watched his most recent video of uh, what just happened from this past weekend, right before. Like it basically got me so excited for divisional weekend and it was such a prelude to what we've w- witnessed and what we've just talked about for almost the last hour. So honestly, and like after these games, a lot of what I said feels really poignant in that, in that video. I should go back and watch it to see like how you all wrapped it up. And I'm excited for the next one because you're hopefully coming out with one right before AFC and NFC championship game day. So I'm working, I'm working on it right now. Actually, Working on it. Been- yeah, well, let's let's have you go work on it. Follow Elijah on Twitter, Ezalonky. Me on Twitter, no Friedman underscore. We hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Cross Country Sports Podcast, a first in our history where we literally come on the air right after the final games are done. So we'll see what we do for the next week, but this was insane what we just witnessed, and hopefully you guys thought so too when we were discussing it. In any case, enjoy the rest of your night, folks, or daytime if you're listening to this the next day or whenever you're listening to it. In either case, I'm signing off now. All right. Shalom, friends.